Chapter 17 A Word to the Troubled Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. James 1, 3 Of all things in the world to be dreaded, despair is the chief. Let a man be abandoned to despair, and he is ready for all kinds of sins. When fear unnerves him, action is dangerous. But when despair has loosed his joints and paralyzed his conscience, the vultures hover around him and wait for their prey. As long as a person has hope for himself, you can have hope of him, but Satan's object is to drive out the last idea of hope from people so that they then may give themselves up to be his slaves forever. Let me just say to those who are in trouble, and I hope every faithful Christian will repeat what I say again and again, there is hope. There is hope about your financial difficulties, about your sickness, and about your present affliction. God can help you through it. Do not sit down with your elbows on your knees and cry all day. That won't get you through it. Call upon God who sent the trouble. He has a great purpose in it. It may be that he has sent it as a shepherd sends his dog to fetch the wandering sheep to him. It may be that he has a purpose in making you lose worldly things so that you can gain eternal things. Many a mother's soul would not have been saved if it had not been for that dear infant who was taken from her arms. Not until the baby was taken to the skies did God give the attractive influence that drew her heart to pursue the path to heaven. Don't say there is no hope. Other people have been as badly off as you are, and even if it should seem as if it had come to lack of bread, there is still hope. Go and try again on Monday morning. God's providence has a thousand ways of helping us if we simply have the heart to pray. Are you in despair about your character? It may be that there is a woman reading this or listening to this who says, I have fallen, my character is gone. There is no hope for me. My sister, there is lifting up. Others who have fallen as terribly as you have done have been restored by sovereign grace. There may be someone listening to this who has been an alcoholic or is about to become a thief. No one knows it, perhaps, but he is conscious of great degradation, and he says, I will never be able to look my fellow men in the face. Ah, my dear friend, you don't know what Christ can do for you if you simply rest and trust in Him. Suppose you would be made into a new creature. Would not that alter the matter? Oh, you say, that can never be. No, I say, but that will be. For Christ says, Behold, I make all things new. Revelation 21, 5. Scripture, If any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. 2 Corinthians 5.17. There was an old fable about a spring at which old men washed their faces and then grew young. Now there is a spring that welled up from the heart of the Lord Jesus, and if an old sinner washes in it, not only his face but his whole spirit will become like unto a little child and will be clean even in the sight of God. There is hope still. Ah, someone says, but you don't know my situation. No, my dear friend, and I don't particularly desire to know it, because this sweeping truth can meet it no matter what it is. Scripture, 
all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. Matthew 12:31. Scripture, the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. 1 John 1, 7. Noah's ark was not made to hold only a few mites, but the elephant, the lion, and the largest beasts of prey went in, and room was found for each of them. So my master, who is the great ark of salvation, did not come into this world to save a few who are little sinners, but he is able to save unto the uttermost all who come unto God by him. Hebrews 7.25. See him over there on the cross, in extreme agony, bearing numberless griefs and torments, and sweating in agony, all for love of you who were his enemies. Trust him. Trust him, for there is hope. There is lifting up. No matter how bowed down you may be, there is hope in the gospel even for you. I seem as if I were walking along a corridor, and I see a number of condemned cells. As I listen at the keyhole, I can hear those inside weeping in dejected, sorrowful laments. There is no hope, no hope, no hope. I can see the jailer at the other end smiling calmly to himself, as he knows that none of the prisoners can come out as long as they say there is no hope. It's a sign that their chains are not broken, and that the bolts of their cells are not removed. But if I could look in, I think I can, I think I can open the little wicked gate and cry, There is hope! He who said there is no hope is a liar and a murderer from the beginning and is the father of lies. John 8, 44. There is hope since Jesus died. There is hope anywhere except in the infernal lake of fire. There is hope in the hospital where someone has become sick and is within the last hour of his departure. There is hope even though people have sinned themselves outside the bounds of society. There is hope for the convict, even though he has had to face punishment. There is hope for the man who has cast himself away. Jesus is still able to save. No hope is not to be said by any member of the sailor's life brigade while he sees the crew of the sinking vessel. No hope is not to be said by any member of the fire department while he knows there are living people in the burning building. No hope is not to be said by any member of the valiant brigade of the Christian church while the soul is still within reach of the sound of mercy. No hope is a cry that no human tongue should utter, and that no human heart should heed. Oh, may God grant us grace whenever we get an opportunity to go and tell all we meet with who are bowed down that there is hope, and when we tell them where this hope can be found. Tell them it's only found at the cross. Tell them it's through the precious blood. Tell them it's to be obtained for nothing but through simply trusting Christ. Tell them it is of free grace, that no merits of theirs are needed, that no good things are they to bring, but that they may come freely and find hope and strength in Christ. However, nothing will avail unless there is much prayer. We need to pray that God may give efficacy to the counsels He has given us, and that He will reward our obedience to them with abundant fruit. O brethren, prayer is the principal thing for us who have no might of ourselves. It is wonderful what prayer can do for any of us.
A dear friend said to me the other day, Look at Jacob. In the early part of his life there was much that was unseemly in his character, and very much that was unhappy in his circumstances. Deceitful himself, he was often the victim of deceit, reaping the fruit of his own ways. But one night, in prayer, what a change it made in him! It raised him from the deep poverty of a cunning supplanter to the noble greatness of a prince in Israel. Bethel itself is hardly more memorable in Jacob's history than Peniel. What might one night spent in prayer do for some of us? Suppose we were to try it instead of the soft bed. We don't need to go to the brook, but it is enough that, like Jacob, we would be left alone in some place where sighs and cries would be heard by none but God. One night spent in this way, in solitary prayer, might put the spurs on some of you and make you spiritual knights in God's army, able to do great exploits. Daniel 11.32. Oh, yes, may all other gracious exercises be started in prayer, crowned with prayer, and perfected by much prayer.